0: This is the PropTech VC Podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content.
1: On today's PropTech VC Podcast, we have the CEO and founder of Transactly, Brian Bowles, they're helping agents and those involved in real estate transactions be more productive and they're also venture backed. So Brian, what's going on in the industry right now? How are you?
0: Well, I'm doing well. There is quite a bit going on in the industry. It's, uh, it's a very interesting time and I've been in it, in it quite a while. So it's, it's nice to have all this going on. You don't get bored.
1: For sure. Tell us a, a bit about your background. You've, you've come quite a long way and I'm sure those experiences have helped you now. To disrupt the industry so you give us a sort of quick overview in your background
0: yeah and i'll come back to disrupt because i think that's one where it's a little challenging to disrupt this industry is what i found so um well prior to real estate i was my i have a technology background in the financial services industry and then i got into real estate way well, a lot of other people do you kind of fall into it and i was investing in residential properties and then i thought huh there's a better way to do this agent and brokerage thing, so I started a brokerage, um, scaled that brokerage, and then within it, I started a number of other companies, a property management company to which I exited, another uh, digital marketing uh, company for people to better advertise their properties online, and then I started this company, Transactly, out of that brokerage as well.
1: Now, what was going through your mind when you were running the property management company and trying to figure out what you wanna do? (laughs) it well first thing if you know anything about property managers how do I get out of property management because it's
0: it's painful it's very painful but it's a it there's a lot of opportunity there I think still and um, you know we did it because at that time the industry it was 2012 when we got into property management and we did it because a lot of the homes that we wanted to sell just would not sell so we had owners that we became this term called accidental landlords, and we really ran with that, did well with it, until we got so beat up from property management we decided to sell.
1: Right, getting those calls at random times for some you know, issues like my toilet's clogged or this isn't working and you know, having to work around the clock. You know, um, as I got into real estate, I um, was speaking to a fund manager and the advice they gave me was, I don't think you can really understand real estate as an investor until you have put yourself down um, as the property manager and you're called constantly and you start to appreciate it's those little things um, that really make real estate work and how difficult those little things are and you know I, that was really interesting advice for me. Um, I didn't end up being the property manager. I, I was kind of afraid when I spoke to a few people and decided just you know instead to find a good property manager but um, is there's truth yeah. in that right? Absolutely. I mean,
0: we bootstrapped it, so we did take and I personally took a lot of those calls early. But even as you start to scale the team and you have, you know, at scale, fairly large teams handling that for you, you still hear the noise and it's 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 tough. It's a tough
1: business to be in. In this real estate industry, the assumption is that with technology coming, it's going to cut out all the middlemen, all the people taking fees. In that, you've got your um, financiers and lenders, you've got your property managers, you've got your agents, and these are just sort of three big categories. Uh, Is it not true that this is the worst time to be an agent with all the disruption happening?
0: Well, the worst time to be an agent is an interesting phrase. It's the worst time to try to be a new agent. And it's not necessarily because of all that competition, it's because of a lack of inventory right now. We hear it from even some top teams that they just feel beat up at the end of the day because they'll show literally hundreds of properties and miss out on offers, and it's very challenging. Uh, and then they will miss out on things because of new incumbents like Open Door or this, you know, I buyer concept, which which basically people making a market in the industry. But I don't think agents will ever go away. I think there will continue to be downward pressure, on, you know, pressure on commission, probably more than ever and you'll see some consolidation. But look, I, I came up early in my career in the dot-com boom with Scott Trade and E-Trade and Schwab's. And at that time it was, hey, all the stockbrokers with like Edward Jones and Charles Schwab, some, they're going to go away. They didn't, they're still doing incredibly well. So there's tons of room in this market, especially with real estate, it's huge. So going back to that comment about disruption, it it's more of an evolution, I think, but I don't think anything's gonna just turn what we know as you know in terms of a real estate agent. I don't think anything's gonna turn that on its head.
1: Well, which way is the market going? Are you going to see smaller shops come up, or are you going to see consolidation, where people are going to have to hang their hat on a you know large brokerage firm, and the large brokerage firms are just going to get larger and larger, or do you, do you see there'll be more fragmentation? Um, I think there will be more
0: consolidation from some of those larger brokerages, but I think you'll see a lot uh, a rise of independent brokerages um, if they're not using something like a, a side, for example. But just because it's easier to run something now entirely on your own, people are more empowered to do those things. But you see companies like EXP, which are taking some of those and, and allowing those teams to do that same thing. So. I think those that'll struggle would be some of the more traditional big box franchisers that we've seen in the past and 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 people that were used to those models are either going to cling to some of these more empowering, allowing you to be more independent without being independent and then people going independent. So I'm not sure if I'm giving you the answer you're looking for, but I, I just, I, you know, There will be more consolidation at the top let's put it that way
1: yeah to me what i'm seeing is that everyone is starting to rethink what is the value they offer if you're a large firm you're really thinking now what value am i offering to these agents before it used to be the infrastructure we had now i'm seeing them focus much more on the research and the software and the network and the systems and processes uh putting together a team uh, because you're right, technology is now allowing the individual agent to do much more uh, by themselves. Less time spent on overhead, more time spent on closing, which means you know not having to pay a big tasty chunk of your commission to someone right. else, which drives a lot of agents in, you know, to disillusionment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think, and coming back to the commission pressure, I think that'll be a big factor as well. Is, I think there will be much more transparency to how agents get paid, particularly on the buyer agency side. That'll cause agents to lower their commissions in some way, which will make them change what kind of brokerage they affiliate themselves with. But again, it's an evolution. Nothing I think is, is quick in this industry.
1: Is it going to be an evolution where it's technology driven and it's all AI and you've got these iBots out there, right, or iBuyers, um, or, or do you do you think the humans are going to, you know, be in control and will be able to justify the commission they take as as playing a role of an agent?
0: Automation will play a, play a big role again in that commission pressure downwards, but nothing is going to. I mean, at the end of the day, like think of like property management and our how how much pressure there is a landlords hire property managers because they don't want to deal with it in same way from a home buyer or seller perspective a lot of them just don't want to deal with some of that stuff even if they have the sophistication to do so and then you also just have some folks that just need that like permission if you will that okay to buy a property or it's okay to sell it at this price people need another human to give them that nudge even if that human's Entirely enabled by automation in some way that allows them to reduce their commissions and do more volume.
1: You mean emotions?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And that, uh, buying real estate suddenly is an emotional decision, not just a completely rational decision, right?
0: One hundred percent,
1: absolutely. What What have you sort of walk us a bit through your your own experiences uh, running the brokerage?
0: Where do I start? I mean, running a brokerage, in a, it depends on the type of brokerage. So I'll explain the brokerage that we had and the mission that we had. So you've got different flavors of brokerages. You have kind of like a boutique, you know, brokerage, small team, and then you have these large scaled efforts and you can be independent or you can be a franchise. When we started our brokerage, we wanted to do a scaled brokerage and offer something of value to agents. So seeing even back then some of the downward pressure on commissions, we rolled out a flat fee model and the mission was let's empower agents to be truly entrepreneurial and provide them the resources and support they need to do that. Right? Because most agents don't want to deal with the compliance. They don't want to deal with the regulatory obligations of the state. So we'll take care of all that stuff and we'll return more commissions so you can focus it on marketing and how you like to do marketing as an entrepreneur. And. So that's our model. You have a different dynamic, right? So with that model, you have a a lot of experienced agents. So there wasn't a lot of training that was involved. So it's a little bit different across once you get to there. But once you get to the point of dealing with the transactions, it doesn't matter what model you have. You have that human element. And most of it is putting out fires and what we refer to as adult babysitting. It was literally talking to the home buyers and sellers because, you know, They weren't happy with the inspection, you know, they couldn't get in touch with their agent, they weren't sure what they're supposed to do next, Um, what was going on at the time. There was a lot of just adult babysitting, is the best way that we could put it, you know, minor arguments over a, a $400 inspection item, which you're finally like, okay, well, we'll just reduce our commission and you can have it. It's not that big of a deal when you're buying a half a million dollar property to argue over a $400 inspection item. So it's a lot of that. And that is across the board at all brokerages. And that's exactly why too, I don't think humans will ever be removed from this process.